0: You're listening to episode 153 of the Mindful Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Steckler, and today we're talking about the definition of mindful productivity and the mindful productivity cycle, which is something that will help you get more things done, but more importantly, learn how to better manage your energy and schedule tasks and focus projects around your energy level and your energy capacity. There's a lot of good nuggets in this episode. Make sure you keep on listening and let's go ahead and jump on in. Welcome to the Mindful Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Steckler, and this is the place to be to live a more mindful and productive life. If you're ready to turn daily chaos into calm and start your days with intention, then get ready to join me as we dive deep into mindful living and personal productivity. It's time to connect with your true self so you can live the life you want to live. And it all starts now. chances are you're listening to this podcast because you're looking for a refreshing way of getting organized in your life and getting things done. It doesn't mean you have to tap into endless hustle culture or a lot of these productivity strategies that really feel like they're more based for robots than actual humans. Well, today I want to talk about not only the definition of mindful productivity, but I also want to share with you something I've created called the mindful productivity cycle that really allows you to step into focused and deep work, on a more regular basis and really start identifying when to do certain tasks based on your energy and to also honor your energy levels and your energy capacity be that emotional mental or physical energy on any given basis so that you can be more flexible and not hit those points of burnout so let's go ahead and dive in and i want to give you an actual definition of mindful productivity Mindful productivity is intention and awareness of your current mental state, energy capacity, and external demands to help better manage how you take action in the present moment to get things done sustainably. In other words, mindful productivity is sustainable action guided by the conscious awareness of one's mental load, energy capacity, and humanness. And we'll get into more of these things in a minute. So this may sound a little bit futuristic to say, But we have to remember that as humans, we operate under the human condition, right? There are so many computers, apps, systems, automations, and more being created every day that can work in streamlined ways, but they also bypass human emotion, grief, human experience, distraction, life demands, and hunger. What it means to be productive as a human being is far different from many of the definitions we see of productivity. It may be obvious to say, but we're humans, not machines. Our capacity is not simply dictated by how much sleep we get and what we had for breakfast. We are a complex system of neural pathways affected by hormones, social interactions, and energy drainers that take the form of social media posts, offspring, pets, spouses, and other endless responsibilities. I point this out to remind you that the ways in which we idealize productivity often omit the very person who does the production, the human, you. Mindful productivity brings us back to a more sustainable form of getting things done. By putting your well being at the front of your creative work, you create a systemic form of self care and self awareness that can help you avoid burnout, work resentment, and poor quality outcomes. So, what does mindful productivity look like in simpler terms? Well, mindful productivity means that you take action from a place of internal awareness of capacity versus only focusing on the end goal. So for example, if you knew you wanted to harvest 1000 apples by the end of the year from let's say you have a backyard orchard, that sounds amazing. You could plant as many trees as would fit into your yard, much like the time stuffing that we do with our own schedules or you could figure out what kind of tree usually produces anywhere from 100 to 150 apples, plant 10 trees, and make sure that the best soil is available to meet their needs, along with, right, like the best watering conditions, all those things. It's also important to understand the difference between production and productivity. So, in other words, what you produce versus what a productive day actually looks like for you. In agriculture, for example, production can be measured in the net produce a given crop produces in a given time frame, say annually, while productivity in this case would refer to the rate of production, so how many apples are harvested within a given day, perhaps during the harvest season. Noting these differences is important, and the agriculture example is gonna fare well here for this next reason that I'm about to go into. We all know that apple trees don't <laughs> produce apples every day, year round, Seeds have to be planted, trees have to grow, seasons take place within various weather and soil conditions, and eventually apples grow on trees that can be picked for a duration of time. Depending on the type of produce, the environment, the soil, and other conditions, some trees may produce more apples than others. And two, there are also trees that produce better quality apples, bigger apples, or different types of apples. Now, if you haven't already rushed away and looked up your favorite apple pie recipe, let's bring it all home so that we can talk about how our productivity as humans share similar traits to this example. So let's say that you're a seasoned writer and you make your income off of books that you write and blog posts you publish online, you're most likely aware of the steps that you need to take to write efficiently and effectively, and you've probably written articles that have done better than others in terms of page views, shares, or revenue in your pocket. Even knowing maybe the best ways to write or the most efficient ways to write, there's no way that you could write efficiently in the same way 365 days out of the year, even if you went to bed at the exact same time, even if you had the same thing for breakfast in, in the morning, even if you were in the most static of vacuum environments. Mindful productivity gives us permission as humans to tap into the awareness of what keeps us productive and how we manage our, our energy levels so that we can keep harvesting those apples every year, so to speak. If your goal is to write a new book each year, right, and then it become, it becomes less about how productive you are each minute of every day and more so about when you do and are able to write the highest quality content effectively. Knowing how you work best, what drains your energy, what creatively drives you, all of that is going to allow you to create a sustainable practice to write that amazing book that's in your brain. So let's talk about what a project based on these mindful productivity principles could then Look like, And if you're a big visual person, then you can go check this out on the show notes of this episode by going to mindfulproductivityblog.com forward slash podcast and looking for episode 153. I'll also have a link to this wherever you're listening below this show. The mindful productivity cycle is a seven step process. I've simplified this in other posts that I've had online. But in this episode, we're going to break this down a little bit further. So the mindful productivity cycle involves choosing a focus project. So for the sake of ease in describing this, let's say you already know what you're gonna do. Then it breaks down into seven steps. So I'm gonna walk through these with you right now. So you have your focus project, and step one is that you wanna establish your outcomes. So in this process, you're basically asking yourself, what are the things that I want to be able to accomplish? What are the outcomes that focusing on this project will generate? So if you're writing a book, maybe the outcomes are that you reach a certain page limit, right? You dis- you define your title. You have all these different outcomes of both the project that you're creating and the outcomes of the actual project itself. So maybe there's a revenue sales goal or it's a marketing strategy for your business. You establish your outcomes in detail. Step number two is that you're you're then identifying your milestones and your metrics. So these are things that you can measure as you're working along on your project. So maybe you wanna have a third of your book done by a certain day on a certain month, or maybe you wanna have some more clarity around your chapter outline or any of those things. You can also have milestones and metrics that measure not only word count, but maybe talking with your publisher if you're working with one or your editor, all those different things. So so far you've established your outcomes and you've identified your milestones and metrics. These aren't brand new ideas. These are very common in most in most breakdowns of projects and work that we're doing in our life, right? But in a couple more steps here, we're going to get into something that makes the mindful productivity cycle stand out and makes it a little bit different. So in step three, you're going to break down your focus project into target tasks. This means that you can narrow down and segment your focus project into different themes, not only for what needs to get done, but maybe there's research that you need to do, things you need to learn before you take action, people you need to reach out to, all of those kind of things. You break them down into themes and then you break them down into target tasks. Target tasks are things that you can do in a specific amount of time that are very clear and very actionable. Think about this as if your focus project was building a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. A focus project would be literally sticking your spoon into a jar of peanut butter and spreading it with a knife onto the bread. Number four, in step four, you are then differentiating your energy driving versus energy draining tasks and action steps. Now, this is gonna be different for everyone, right? Because it's really important to get clear on what kind of things drain you versus what kind of things drive you and your creativity. I'll give you an example. Some energy draining activities for me usually involve social interaction. So, if I have to jump on a Zoom call or if I have to uh, run a call or do any kind of conversation, that is draining. These aren't things that you necessarily don't like doing, it just means that if you have so much, like if there's a meter, right, and let's say like there's a big jar of water, it just means that the hole at the bottom of that jar is a lot bigger And the water goes out of it a lot faster when you're doing an energy draining task. It means that your mental energy and your capacity is dwindling a lot quicker than something that, say, is more neutral or energy driving. So for me, creating content, producing podcasts, writing blog posts, all those things are really energy driving for me. I get really excited and I find that I have more and more energy and momentum as I do them. Obviously there's a peak to this and I can't do them forever, but I find that those things give me both mental stamina and creative energy versus hopping on Zoom calls that are very, very draining and depleting. So essentially, going back to step three, when you're breaking down all these focus, all this focus project into target tasks, the next step in step four is then identifying which ones will drain you and which ones will drive you. And in doing that, you're gonna be able to step into step five. Step five is you then schedule tasks based on your mental, emotional, and physical energy capacity. Well, what does this mean? It means that when you're looking at your week or a given day, you don't front load your day with tons of things that drain you. So I don't do a bunch of calls on one day if that means that I'm not, if it means that I also have a deadline on, on Tuesday, let's say, for something else in my business, because I know that that would completely drain me. It's why in the past, when I've done multiple calls on a given day, the next day I almost have to take the day off because my brain turns into complete mush. Getting clear on this allows you to stack and schedule your day so that you're not doing too much of any one thing. This also helps you because we all have days, weeks, or months, or life circumstances or events that emotionally drain us we have, you know, tragedies that take place, or we have things that come up, even positive events that can completely distract us or derail us. And so knowing which tasks you're better able to handle in a given moment in a given week is going to allow you to schedule things accordingly. It's also why you may want to consider scheduling in some of your more energy draining target tasks into either the beginning of your week, or you make them a priority, right? Things that you know that are both high priority and both high energy drains may be something that you do at the beginning of the week, right? So that you know that they're done. So if Thursday hits and for whatever reason you couldn't sleep Wednesday night, you know that you've already taken care of that and you have the energy that you need. It's kind of like looking at your week based on your energy. And again, coming back to this water metaphor, if you had a big bucket of water and every task took a cup of water out and maybe some tasks took many cups of water out, you would want to make sure that you're not depleting the bucket before the end of the week. I hope that makes sense. So in step six of the mindful productivity cycle, then you're going to build in consistent, recurring and regular breaks. This means that you're not only taking a break when you're like, oh my gosh, I need a break. You're scheduling them in to your focus project. That means that you're getting clear on what those things, which of those tasks are super energy draining and you're giving yourselves bigger breaks in between them. So for example, anytime I have a call in my business, whether it's a group call or an interview or a webinar that I'm showing up for live and I have to speak, I make sure that I give myself a bigger chunk of time after that call to break and regroup. For me, especially if I can have at least 30 minutes to an hour after a call, that's going to give me time to go on a walk, to stretch, to move my body, to drink some water, and to really decompress. I know that if I were to then try to go into some deep work and build out content in my business or do something really important for my students like answering questions, I wouldn't be the most alert version of myself because I'd be very, very drained. So I need to look into things that are going to fill back up that bucket, right? And that's why consistent, recurring, and regular breaks are so Important. Okay, so now we enter into step seven, which is routinely recap, revisit, reflect, and revise. This means that you're having pulse point check ins throughout your week and throughout your business journey so that you can see what's working well, check in with yourself, reflect where you need to, and revise. This means that some of the things you're doing are always going to be in the experiment phase. And you also may find that depending on different chapters that you're in with your life, or maybe what time of the month it is, or where you are in your cycle, if you menstruate, any of those things may impact your energy capacity, and you may find that in the winter, for example, you maybe have more creative energy, but you have less creative output in another area of your business, right? Or Maybe there's certain times of year where it really makes more sense for you to batch record podcasts or batch record blog posts and other times where it's really better suited for you to get cozy and learn and receive information and input. So let's recap real quick. The mindful productivity cycle is comprised of seven steps. And again, there's a visual graphic for this that you can print out or save or share online. Step number one is to establish your outcomes. Step number two is to identify milestones and metrics. Step three is to break down focus projects into target tasks. Step four is to differentiate energy driving versus energy draining tasks and action steps. Step five, schedule tasks based on mental, emotional, and physical energy capacity. Step six is to build in consistent, recurring, and regular breaks. And step seven is to routinely recap, revisit, reflect, and revise. And then you repeat and you do it all over again for every project that you're working on. By focusing on the process of how you can best manage your energy levels mental, emotional, and physical. You can then reach your desired outcomes by only working when you'll deliver the best output for the goals you're seeking. This make this helps so much and it's helped me so much in my business because I know if I am not where I need to be, for recording a podcast, then that day I don't do it. And instead I front load my day with a lot of the more menial, you know, admin style tasks that don't require a lot of mental energy and that maybe allow me to listen to a podcast in the background or tune into, you know, my favorite music while I'm working. So you really get to decide when you have that, you get to bring awareness to when you have that best energy and then schedule your time around that as well. So this also means that you bring key components of mindful awareness into your regular work cycle. These can be attitudes that encompass an awareness of the present moment you're in, but also the present circumstances of society at large, right? Such as how social justice issues, environmental awareness, and systemic biases impact both individuals and the collective at large. Look, we don't work in vacuums. We, we work with communities. So even though I am a solo entrepreneur and I don't have a huge team, I still work in an area that impacts everyone. And my students and my customers and you listening, you're impacted by the world. So having a mindful awareness of what's going on is really important for the work that we do. The mindful part of product, mindful productivity means that you are checking in with yourself your breathing, your mental health, your human experiences that impact your mood, your nourishment, and your overall desire for joy, happiness, and sustainability. Productivity then evolves into not only the outcomes of a given project, but the improvement and well-being of the person behind the project as they work toward that very goal, which is you. Mindful productivity isn't any one thing for all individuals, right? Even in the diagram that I've described that you can go look at, every unique person will have various needs, circumstances, and a neurological framework unique to them that will require unique awareness, activities, and ways of taking sustainable action. Therefore, the goal of mindful productivity is to help individuals, teams, organizations, creatives, entrepreneurs, and communities grow in a way that not only brings impact with their outcomes, but drives the betterment of humans as the objective. So I hope this podcast episode was helpful in giving you a little bit more of a deep dive into not only what mindful productivity is and how it allows you to get more done in a sustainable way by honoring your humanness, but I hope the mindful productivity cycle also gives you insight into how to break down your focus projects and take action. And it may just help you save your energy this week and moving forward. I'm really excited that there's going to be some new offerings that I have for you in the coming months that tap into these frameworks and templates that you can implement in your own business. To stay up to date with everything that I'm going to be sharing with you and how you can find out more about the resources and courses I offer, make sure to go to mindfulproductivityblog.com and sign up for my newsletter where you will get tips every week on how to be more mindfully productive. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I appreciate all of you so much, and I hope you have a wonderful week ahead. I'll see you back here next Monday.